What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. What's up? This is the RB Podcast. I'm Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. Drop that beat. It never gets old, Nate. It never gets old. Welcome to the R&B Podcast. We got Nate on Nate Cam out in Arizona. He's on Skype. Uh, I'm Real Mike Rob, and we're joined by Mr. NFL Network himself, Dan Helly. Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. Why were you so late? Well, first of all, I wasn't late. I've been waiting here for 15 whoa, minutes whoa, for whoa. Nate to get his uh, spark vest on and his Skype work. <laughs> but, Dan, thank you for coming on Thanks today. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, today we're going to be talking NFL free agency, RG3 to the Browns, hard knocks, our favorite draft prospects. And um, we're going to get into it, Nate. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get into it. Before we get into all that, uh, TD, tell everybody how they can get involved. Definitely. You can get involved by subscribing to the show on iTunes or subscribing to our YouTube playlist, dropping comments, Twitter. All of that. People know. Spreading the word because we need the word to be spread. Yeah, yeah, we need it, man. This is a movement, Nate. Come on, Nate. And look, you got, a, you got a spark vest on to make people think you're working out all the time, dog. This, if, if my internet holds up, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a tour at a crib to let you know that I, I didn't just put this on for the show. Yeah, I'm oh, so listen, I'm, I'm going to take you outside, and I'm going to show you the type of work I put in when I'm not working. How many, how many shirts does he need to wear? I mean, seriously. <laughs> He's doing that to make him look a little bit more buff. You know what I mean? That's what small guys do, Dan. Yeah. No, all right, all right. Enough, enough. <laughs> Take shot, let's get on with the show. Yeah, let's get into it, man. You got to beat us something, TD? Let's get into it a little bit, man. Hmm. Nice and chill, man. Nice and chill, Dan. Oh. It as chill as you thought. It's a West Coast beat right here. That it's, that like a, it's like a car wash beat. Like back in the day, we used to go through the car washes in the West. I feel like I need to like spit a rhyme or something Uh-oh. to get the show started. Uh-oh, Dan. Have you been working? Oh, you got something written oh, down. Oh, hold on a minute. Dan got something written down. What's here up, we Dan? Go. <laughs> I'm here with my man, Nate B., one of the best wide receivers in. Not really. Also, Mike <laughs> Robb's in the house. They don't beat Always now. wearing those beats when he flies all the way out from Richmond. Oh. He's on fleek. And for the geeks out there, uh, the fullback with some serious feet. Oh, uh, okay, Dan. You just got to stay on beat a little bit. Was that not good? But that was it was decent. I tried. It was decent. I tried. I don't have beat. I don't have rhythm. Yes, you do. You just got to jump rope. I just go. Jump rope and listen to a lot of R&B jump. and hip-hop. Oh, thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Nate Jumping rope gives me more rhythm. I'm telling you, it does. Okay. Try it. I, I've jumped rope. And try to, and try to just stay on a rhythm with it. 
Try. Hey, well, hey, forget about jumping rope. Let's jump right <laughs> in. All right, topics. Nate. All right, Nate. All right, Nate. So here's the thing, Mike. You know, we, we do a lot of talk and we do a lot of debate. And I'm glad we got Dan. Hold up. I'm going to jump in here real quick because Mike's dropping knowledge here. How to get rhythm. I'm telling that's, you. I'm thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, I've jumped rope. It doesn't give me any more. No, 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 no. Right either have it or you don't. It's got it. Nate. That's true, but you can work on it, bro. Okay, you have to jump jump rope with some some of your this black is, friends, man. This is. I'm telling you. This is one and of the biggest mysteries in life rhythm. for me. Stay on the rhythm. Listen to some hip hop while you're jump roping, and try to stay on the beat. There's a there's hold a, on, there's wait, a wait, wait, rhythm wait. to it. What did I what did I miss, Mike? You said jumping rope helps you get. I'm telling you, trust me, bro. And listen to hip hop as you're doing it. Listen to me, bro. Listen, it's bro, like speed, dude. You're born with it, or or you're not. There, there, there's some too, but you can work on it, Dan. Okay, okay all right. You can work on hey, it. Mike, you are so country. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never Why are you tripping, man? That's the truth. I, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I haven't either. Uh, all right, look, man. Let's get into it, man. NFL free agency. Um, Dan, let's go to you first. You're, a guest, you're our guest, man. Talk about some free agency moves, free agency moves, some things that intrigued you the most about this free NFL free. Well, game. one of the biggest moves of free agency for me was clearly Brock Osweiler to the Texans. Yeah, and then you throw in the fact that they also signed Lamar Miller, so they get some help at the running back position. If that offense can get up and going with the way that defense played last year, second half of last season, I, I thought they were one of the top two or three defenses in the they NFL. Were. They were. Um, so now if you can get that offense rolling, you get Billy O'Brien a chance to work with a quarterback who obviously has some talent in Osweiler. They paid him a lot of money, but that's what you do now if you want a franchise quarterback. So yeah. I, I, like, I like the moves they made. But we don't know. If, my, my thing is we don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. And I, and I agree with you, um, Nate. I'm going to get your opinion in a second. I agree with you on Houston. Um, but how do you sign a quarterback, right? And your head coach, who's the quarterback guru, mm -hmm. doesn't even have a meeting with him before you sign him. How's that possible? What's going on between the general manager and the head coach? Like, I just don't understand that. How do you not meet with the guy that you're going to give, what, $37 million in guaranteed money to and lead your team and basically your job is tied to now? I mean, people's well, jobs are on the line now. How's that possible, Nate? Well, well, Mike, you know, one thing you have to consider is um, the timing was of the essence. When Brock Osweiler got signed, we were working. We had a show to do. We were covering free agency, and it shook up the whole football world. And at the time of the announcement that Rand Gatlin let us know, nobody had any idea. So I believe it was more of them trying to get it done before Denver could come in and convince him to stay with the Broncos. Um, you know, I didn't make the type of money that Brock made, obviously. But yeah. my my third contract with Detroit, uh, I got five years for $25 million. And Scott Linenhan flew to Seattle, and he was there at midnight at the night of or the morning of free agency. I didn't meet with the head coach. I didn't meet with my receivers coach. I didn't even know half the guys on the team. So I was one of the first guys off the board. So I, I really think that was more of the mindset. Everybody was on board with the decision, um, but they wanted to get it done as quick as possible because, Mike, you know, just like I know, you can be convinced within a matter of minutes. You can make millions in a matter of minutes, yeah. but you can be convinced to stay with a team or go with another team in a matter of minutes. So I think time was of the essence, and they had to jump on that. I agree with that, Nate, but and no disrespect, man, but you're wide out, right? We talking about a franchise. Your, your, nobody's, your head coach's job wouldn't have been tied to whether they signed you or not. 
Right, right, right. You talk about jobs that are tied to franchise quarterbacks, and you talk about a sample size of seven games. Now, I like the Lamar Miller signing. I like, I like the direction of getting a franchise quarterback to complement that defense. But I just don't know how can you sign a guy without your big, your biggest asset is the fact that you can, your head coach can coach a quarterback. But here, here's what See you what have to look saying? at. What was, what was their other option? It was Brock or who? It's like when you fire a head coach. Oh, that's great. Who are you bringing in now? That's true. So it's not, to me, just the seven games that he started. To me, it's the four years he's had in the league. And who gives you a better opportunity to win right now if you're Bill O'Brien? Brock Osweiler or drafting a young cat out of college? I think it's Brock Osweiler. And I've talked to a number of guys who played the position in the NFL who said, I wasn't ready my first year or two. I would go with Brock Osweiler over over myself. Makes one of sense. one of them was uh, was David Carr, who was the number one pick of the Texans way back in the day. He said, "I just wasn't ready to win." I, I would go with a guy like Brock, who's been in the league for a while. Makes sense. And, and, and when you think about you know creating the the type of quarterback you want, or surrounding him with the pieces, <clears throat> Mike, you said you know it's just a sample size, and they're trying to piece together the proper team, and. With me, the analogy I think of when you guys mentioned sample sizes, food. If you eat, you know, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, by the end of the meal, you might be full. You might not need the entree. You might not need the quote-unquote franchise quarterback. If you have a defense, if you have an anchor like J.J. Watt, if you have guys surrounding him, and then you bring in Lamar Miller, who had more touchdowns last year than the whole running back group did as a collective. And then on top of that, you add in DeAndre Hopkins, who arguably – now with Calvin Johnson gone and Antonio holding down the fort, Julio Jones holding down the fort, he will make an argument as the number one receiver in the league. So he has the pieces. Yeah, he might be the sample size. But when you surround the sample size with a whole bunch of appetizers and side plates, it becomes a full meal. Makes sense, dog. Makes sense. You convinced me. Y'all convinced me. Okay. I'm just playing <laughs> devil's advocate. But I, I, honestly, before we even started, I like what the Houston Texans are doing. I like Billy O'Brien. Um, I just it was just weird to me how you don't I don't know. Have well, a guy talk to him. That's all. And here here's the other thing, guys. I'm sure Bill O'Brien had some interaction with Brock Osweiler in right. the past. I, I, I don't think he went into this blind. He obviously knew what type of person he was in addition to what type of quarterback he was. So it doesn't bother me that he didn't meet with him on the day of free agency, because obviously this this deal happened pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now let's let's jump into the next topic, because uh, it, like I said, I'm glad we got Dan here. And obviously, Mike, we have debated this topic, this guy, this individual. I don't know. He's, he's loved. This is Dan's hated. guy. This is Dan's guy. Let's just keep okay. it this, this, this is every, you know, Hey, Mike, believe it or not, this is everybody's guy. Because at yeah. one point, what's crazy is everybody liked RG3. You might not like his personality, but everybody appreciated what he did on the field. Now, he signs with Cleveland, right? A two-year deal, where was it, 15 million? 15, yeah. Yep. Okay, so, Mike, we debated this. You said he's a year out before he starts again. He's not going to be in a situation where he touches the field as the number one quarterback. I was on the opposite end of that. I said, Mike, next year he will start. He, he started off too hot. He captured the masses, and he didn't do what he did to wash it away. That was a foundation of something he still can do. So, Mike, I ask you again. And yeah. we're going to let Dan wrap this all together in a pretty bow because Dan's seen it in the beginning. Yeah. He's seen it fall apart. And obviously, being the host of one of the best shows in TV, Total Access, he's seen it come back together in Cleveland. So I'll start with you, Mike. 
How do you feel about RG3 signing with the Browns, and what are his chances now to be a starter in this league again? Well, to be honest with you, Nate, I remember us debating debating that, and I did feel that he would not start this upcoming season. But when you put him with a guy like Hugh Jackson, to me, Hugh Jackson is the key. Okay, Hugh Jackson is the key to be able to um, get RG3 comfortable again, um, be able to talk to him so that he's understanding offense so that we can see that flash and dash. We can see his abilities come out. And I think Hugh is creative enough offensively, um, as, um, as Mike Shanahan was back in 2012. I think Hugh is creative enough offensively to, to use RG3 in the, in the right capacity. But, but here's my thing. I, I say that with a small caveat, like, it's, still, it's Cleveland, though, Nate. Okay? And I'm just being real with you. It's Cleveland. And it's it's not like they did they didn't lose two or three of some of their best players that they've had you know, that they've ever Travis had Travis Benjamin, yeah. Alex Mack, right. all of those guys. It's not like they didn't lose that. And I don't care how good of a talent you are, how good of a coach you are, if the pieces just aren't there, and we haven't seen them do much in free agency. If the pieces aren't there, if this is something that's going to be built for long term, I don't know if that's the best situation for RG three. I don't. Because he's a guy that if his confidence isn't there, he's not rolling, he's not winning, things go bad. He gets hurt. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's an avalanche. Now, when things are going good, yeah, he's, one of the, he's exciting. But I, I just don't know if the pieces are there to, to, to kind of complement some of the things that he can do. All right, before I, before I respond to that, Dan, I want you to kind of fill in the listeners about what it was like seeing him that first year. Because we've talked about it off camera. And I was captivated by your story of captivation and how he just grabbed D.C. He grabbed the Redskins fans. He grabbed, he grabbed the nation. The, yeah, he grabbed the country, so, man. I want you to kind of fill everybody in what that was like and then how you saw it fall apart and what you know, being an insider and having roots there and then how it all came back together. Sure. So I'm sure most of the people listening or watching right now don't know my background, but I'm from Washington, D.C. And before I came here to NFL Network, um, I worked at the NBC affiliate in Washington. So I was in New York at the draft when, when Robert got drafted, got a chance to speak with him there a little bit, went away uh, to cover the Olympics for NBC, and then came back at the end of training camp, at the end of, uh, of preseason, and saw the excitement level there because Mike and Kyle Shanahan, after they drafted him number two overall behind Andrew Luck, they handed him the job. Yeah. They said, you're the guy. Let's take it and run with it. And then, obviously, they de- designed an entire offense around his skill set and what he did well at Baylor. And he came out of the gates with a quickness. I think it was against the Saints. It was. First and he season. came out, and there was a photo of him on his butt holding up his yeah. hands like this. And that yeah. was the beginning of RG3. Midway <laughs> through the season, a former Redskins player named Fred Davis, who was a pretty good tight end, I asked him, I said, what, what do you think about what Robert has done for this franchise and, and he's done for this town? He said, he's the black Jesus. He said, oh, this guy is amazing. And think about the demographics and, and D.C. I mean, D- what, D.C.? They, they nicknamed the Chocolate City. Yeah, yeah. So to have a guy like RG3 come in and take the town by storm. You had Alex Ovechkin there. You had Bryce Harper, arguably two of the best players in their sport. RG3, if he lined up for an autograph show that first year with those guys, he would have ten times as many people in line to get his autograph compared to Bryce Harper and Alex Ovechkin. That's D.C. Uh, it's a Redskins yeah. town. So then the way the season ended 
with him tearing his ACL in the playoff game when everybody was questioning Mike Shanahan leaving him in there. People were devastated. But he was rehabbing. He was getting back on track. He had a TV show, a Gatorade-sponsored yeah. TV show, and he was the, the, the quote was all in for week one. Well, that's when things started unraveling and going south with the coaching staff, and Robert decided that he didn't want to be a running quarterback anymore. And the thing that really took me aback was when his father would speak out publicly and say, they're going to have to change some things if they want Robert to be successful. And I just, I just thought to myself, would I want my father speaking on my behalf about my profession to, to anybody? I just didn't think that was a really good look. Yeah. So that things came unraveled. Um, the Shanahan's didn't believe that he was ready to be a pocket passer. Robert did. He wasn't the same athlete that he was before the injury. So to me, that's the biggest question mark moving forward in Cleveland. Did he get some of that athletic ability back? Will he be able to run and be as effective as he was that rookie year? Because he wasn't when he came back. Or, we didn't see or that. has he developed the, 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 the mental skills of a pocket passer where you're feeling certain things, where you're directing traffic, some of the top-tier – some of the things some of the top-tier quarterbacks do. And he wasn't able to do that in Shanahan's offense when they changed it. He wasn't able to do or it Jay's. in Jay Gruden's offense when he changed it. And to me, though, the thing about Robert, to your point, it's as much about pocket awareness, and I didn't feel like he had it. Nobody was sacked more outside of Michael Vick than Robert Griffin III when he, when he was in the game. It's almost self-awareness. But you, but 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 you know what? And, and I'm glad you say that, uh, Dan. Before and Nate, before you go, the the reason why quarterbacks like that, and I've been in college, I was one. The reason why quarterbacks like that, these guys, they feel like they don't have the pocket awareness, is because all we hear, all they've heard, is you're not a pocket passer. You have to be able to do everything out of the pocket. And there takes a certain responsibility to drop back, Dan. And you're one of the fastest people on the field. When you hit your fight, when you hit your last step, that takes a certain mental capacity or and responsibility. To, you're saying to not take to off. To not and run. take off. And you're hearing all these things all oh, stay in the pocket. I gotta operate out of the pocket. Yeah, I think I saw this guy blitz, but I don't know. My first instinct is to move, but I got this I, it's like it's this mental block telling me no, I have to sit here and I have to throw the ball. I have to take these hits. You know what I mean? So it's almost like can he find a coach that can protect him from himself? Well, this is a multi-layered uh, yeah, it is. discussion with Robert Griffin III because what made him special was his ability to run. It's the reason Alfred Morris had over 1,500 yeah. yards. It's the reason he had one of the most special rookie seasons for a quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're coaching Steph Curry, can you say, hey, Steph, don't take threes this week. No, you you got that's that's what his game is but, predicated but, but, upon. But Steph shooting threes. But Steph, but Steph shooting threes isn't bad for his health. No, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, that's you the other thing. I mean? And when I talk about multi-layered, Nate, my biggest concern if I'm a Browns fan right now is just Robert staying healthy because yeah. he can't. I don't. I've never seen an, a guy who's so gifted have the inability to get down and slide like Robert Griffin the third has. Every right. time he runs, it's like a car crash. And it looks it's a bad. major collision. <laughs> Just slide. That's if I'm Hugh Jackson, I'm taking him to the Cleveland yeah. Indians and I'm saying, teach this man how to slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that. You know, I don't want to, you know, make any comparisons that are too far off, but I remember in the nineties, uh, you know, being familiar with Grant Hill, watching him play, and then him just having injury after injury. And everybody's saying, well, Grant Hill had a great career. He would have been really special if he just could have stayed healthy. Now, I just feel like the way Robert Griffin III started off, 
I think that's where we're headed. If he can't stay healthy, you can't knock what he did. You can't knock what he did in college or what he did his rookie year, but you'll start to repeat that in your head. Well, you know, he had too many injuries. You know, he was good, but he couldn't stay healthy. So that obviously is an issue. I, I agree with Dan on this. I, I don't feel like he, he, he needs to necessarily be a more cerebral quarterback. He, I don't think he needs to necessarily increase his football IQ. Yeah, get smarter as a player, have more of an understanding as a player, more, more of a feel, like you said, Mike, of the game. I, I just feel like what you said, Mike, he needs the pieces. And if you can give him the pieces, he'll feel comfortable and he won't make as many mistakes. I feel like there's a lot of luxury that a lot of quarterbacks have that allow them to be great. There's only a few that don't need many pieces. Tom Brady is one of those guys. He can play with Edelman and Gronk. They're fantastic players. But if he didn't have them guys, he still will be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Other quarterbacks, they need that comfort blanket of a big-time tight end, receiver, running back. But, Nate, I, I, hold up, Nate. But 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 when another guy, your backup, who got drafted in the same year, comes in with the same – with the same, uh, you know, guy, with the same guys that you're not being able to win with, you're not being able to do stuff with, and he wins, he puts up numbers. I mean, well, listen, you, put it like this. My thing is, my thing is, you're saying we're going off one season, and I'm not saying he wasn't exciting, but one season. Well, one. it was it was one season of of greatness, and then it was two seasons of disaster. Right. So okay. we haven't seen the greatness since 2012. It. We haven't seen that. Ro- that Robert Griffin III may not exist anymore. Yeah, but he but, might. But 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 that's also in conjunction with a coach who utilized, who who, who called the game, who coached to his abilities. Okay. All right, all right, you Mike, see what I'm saying, Mike? Let me let me. I'm, I'm gonna just give you some names, and these are the pieces surrounding RG3 that just jump off the page to me. You got Hugh Jackson, right? Right yep. out the gate. Yep. We know what he stands for. We know what he's trying to do. We, I think we all ran, ran into Hugh during the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he seems enthusiastic about where he's headed, and we are too. Um, hold on for a second. I got somebody coming into the house. All right, so listen. Hey, we're trying to we do got, a podcast here, yeah, dude. dude. I mean, focus. All right, all right, all right. So we got Hugh Jackson. We got Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell, right? Yeah. I, I believe two really good young running backs. Fantastic. We got – Andrew Hawkins, who had some injuries last year, concussion problems, as a slot receiver, if he can stay healthy, that's a good security blanket. He's like a Wes Welker type, runs great routes, very consistent. He's the guy you want. You got Barnage, who had a great year last year. So Gary Barnage at tight end. And then, lastly, here's the X factor. Oh, I know where you're going this now. Is, this is exciting. What? We got Josh Gordon possibly being reinstated. Now – with RG3 and the things that he can do well, a guy that can run the ball, tuck and run, reopen his throwing arm and let the ball go, throw into a receiver that can run good routes. But more importantly, Josh Gordon is one of the best ad-libbing wide receivers in the game. So after he gets done running his curl route or his comeback or his dig, he'll be able to connect eyes with RG3. But Nate, but Nate, but Nate, check, check this like, out. That's, that is enough. That's enough pieces right there, Mike. You say RG three will be okay this year. I'm not saying he's gonna be. For, I know, but but for hold up, okay. hold up though. First of all, first of all, okay, okay, okay. None of those names other than Josh Gordon you say scare me or keep me up at night. Okay, hold up, let me finish. Okay, that's first of all. Okay, second of all, none of those names you said 
were anybody that's involved in protecting this man while he's in the pocket. The offensive line, okay? And second of all, for those skilled guys to be able to help him and for him to be able to utilize him, he must get his football IQ up so that he know when to get the ball out so that he can utilize those athletes. So right. basically you saying I'm right. I appreciate that, Nate. Hey, TD, you got a beat, dog? What's happening? <laughs> That's how he does it, Nate. He just kind of wraps it up like that. <laughs> if he was here, you know, if Nate was here, he would have. He would have battled me for that one. You know, we have a total access meeting coming up soon. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. He just ran out. Look. I know. You know what? Nate's crazy. I'm going to get into this. You know what? I'm going to skip a little subject. I'm gonna How do you get subject. that home cam going? Like, I need to work on that. It's uh the Cox Cable in Arizona, man. Yeah, that's yeah, good. It's pretty good. We'll, we'll get. We'll you get think Nate. they'd give one to me since I live 15 minutes away from the studio? Probably not. No. No. Unless, you t- unless gas spikes up to like $5. Regular. I love Dan's. Atti- <laughs> I love Dan's attitude, though. He's out here taking a shot. He can't yeah. edge out the freestyle. All of that. All of that. All of that. Listen, All of listen that. I'm the it's whitest not. guy in America. I'm just gonna <laughs> go for it. Man. You know, they're That's never okay. gonna hide me on again. Got, but you got your black card, Dan. You uh, got it. Brother, I appreciate that. You know, you jump ropes going. You'd be good. Jump to go. ropes with some hip hop, bro. That's what. I, but look, you know what? I have one in the car. I wanted to get you guys' opinion on this. Check this out, man. You, uh, you know, our guy, um, uh, Hussein Abdullah. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Um, he just retired. For the Chiefs. For the Chiefs, yeah. Um, he's had five concussions in seven years. Um, and I want to ask both of y'all, Nate, you're a former NFL player, and then I'll give you my thoughts. And, Dan, uh, you, you didn't play in the NFL. Sorry, bro. But 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 I but I did awesome. uh, get my bell rung a couple times in high school. Exactly. Would you guys allow your, allow your kids to play, especially – I mean, we've had the NFL, one of the NFL guys kind of admit that there is a link mm-hmm. between, you know, um, CTE and some of these some of these uh, cognitive issues in football, right? Would you let your kids play? Yeah, my, my, my kid asks me all the time to play. I have an eight-year-old son who's in yeah. uh, second grade, and I started playing when I was in fifth grade. So I've been pretty steadfast in the fact that uh, if he wants to play in fifth grade, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I, I think that the way that they're teaching the game now with the heads-up football, um, before it was put your head down, put it right on the ball, face mask in, wrap them up. Now it's it's different the way that they're teaching the tackle, and hopefully that's going to eliminate uh, some of the risks. I, I think that there are risks in everything. My son also yeah. plays hockey. He yeah. plays lacrosse. And I'll tell you where they take some of the hardest hits right now is in lacrosse, and that's a great sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd allow my son to play. What about you, Nate? Yeah, you know, 100%. I, I started playing when I was nine years old, and I didn't have my first major injury till high school, and that was a sprained ankle. I didn't get my first concussion till my last year of college football, and then I had a few in the NFL. So for me, like Dan said, you can get injured doing anything. Um, that's just the luck of the draw. I would want my son to play something that he loves and appreciates. I'm not the father to force his kids to play a sport because I played it. Um, I I do want my kids to be well-rounded. And what I preach to the youth in high schools and elementaries is try everything. Like when I was coming up, I tried baseball. I was terrible. I was scared of the ball. Uh, I tried football, basketball, and track. I fell in love with football and basketball. I hated track. Only ran it because my dad said I'll get faster and I'll jump higher. So I did that. I also... Got involved in school plays. I tried instruments. I wrote poetry. 
Um, I did everything that was available. And I see Shakespeare. I, I tried. So for me, <laughs> I, if, if parents if parents want their kids to be well rounded, then put them in everything until they don't want to do it, or until they realize and you realize that might not be their thing. So I remember one day my dad was just like, "You're not good at baseball. You, you haven't got over your fear of hitting, uh, so you can't sit in the outfield all day. So we're just going to take this sport off the table." How old were you when that happened, yeah. Nate? I was uh, 10 years old. I played it from 8 to 10, and I just didn't have the goods. Now, what's crazy is little Nate is one of the best 11-year-olds I've seen, and not just because he's my son. He got it. He got something that I don't have, and I try not to be that guy. I try not to be that father, that dad that forces the issue. So uh, getting back to football, I'd rather my son go out there playing sport that he is fully aware of the consequences. He's seen his dad limp home. He's seen me fresh out the hospital. He's seen me pop pills for breakfast because I'm recovering from surgery. And he still wants to play the sport. And I won't stop him from doing that. I, I, I agree with both of you guys, man. This game has afforded us a lot of things. Um, and I agree. And I'm not going to repeat everything you guys said. <clears throat> but I played, a, I played a very different position than Nate. You know what I mean? And I can't lie. Every single time I stepped on the field, it was a helmet-to-helmet play. Whether it was kickoff, whether it was blocking somebody on kickoff return, or whether it was doing a lead on somebody in the B-gap. You see what I'm saying? Um, I was an undersized fullback, so I I, I had to kind of use leverage, and I had to understand leverage to use certain parts of your helmet, you know what I mean, to get people up off of me. Um, I tell you this, my 12-year-old had a concussion the first time he put on equipment in middle school. Right. And I will not let him play again. It scared the hell out of me. Um, all because I know how I feel now. All because it, it just from headaches, from things that go on, you know what I mean? And I can't lie. I think twice when I send my kid out there, as opposed to if you had asked me this question when I was in college, I would have been awful. Oh, no, I'm pushing them to play. Um it just makes me think twice about it, guys. I mean, honestly, bro, because Mike, I played Mike, a different position, bro. No, I, I get that, Mike. Now, we, we've talked off camera. And, you know, we've had these moments where our conversation gets real. You yeah. know, we, we work and we debate and we joke a lot. But I remember us talking about injuries, specifically head injuries and some of our major kind of life-altering injuries. Maybe it's metal in our knee that's going to cause early arthritis or some torn ligaments or sprains that we have that we know we're going to have to deal with at age 50, 60, 70. And I remember you saying something that I always echo in my heart is that, yeah, I'm going to have to deal with things at an age that most men won't. But what I take pride in is that I sacrificed a part of myself to provide a lifestyle for my family and people around me um, that wouldn't be able to do so if I didn't. Now, Maybe there's foolish in that type of honor, but I appreciate that honor. And I'm okay with that honor because of what I was able to do on the field, providing for the masses and kids screaming and signing autographs. I love it. But what I, what I was able to do for my family and possibly setting up generations um, and take care of my mom and dad and my brothers, I'm okay with that risk. I'm okay with everything that I've sacrificed, Mike. And, I, and I'm happy, Amen, bro. Gotcha, I'm happy bro. with what I've done so far. So, I, I want my, I want my kid to feel that type of honor, even if he doesn't 
make it to the NFL. I want my kid to go through rough times. I want my kid to have to deal with the, the issues that football presents because there's so many parallels. People may listen to us and think we were always the man, but speaking for myself, Mike, there were times when I was the last guy off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was in Little League, in high school, and college. Damn, even in the NFL, when I signed in Seattle, Holmgren was like, I, I like you. I, I didn't necessarily want you here, but you know we're going to work you in a rotation. In other words, you're going to sub in for guys when they get tired. So all these different things I went through in the sport of football were direct parallels to help me deal with life. And when life hit me, I dealt with it because that was easy compared to the stuff that football had me deal with. So mm. I, I feel like because of that, that's another reason why I want my son to, to deal with it. I'm okay if he comes home limping and I got to nurse him back to health. I know in that time that he's dealing with an injury, I can relate that to something that's going to hit him later on in life. And, you know, I, I believe that football can help do that. Church. Church. Well, I, I, you know, it's funny hearing Nate talk about it. Obviously, you guys played at a much yeah. higher level than I did. But, you know, I played three sports through high school, football, uh, basketball, and baseball. And I don't know that I learned more life lessons, not just mm. from any sport, for, but from anything uh, mm. as much as I did from football. But when you have that happen to your son at a young age, and I, I do believe that certain people are, are prone to – things such yeah. as cancer or concussions. Not not everybody has the same percentage chance of getting those things. So if that happens to your son at a young age, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And you want to be doing it? I totally understand that. Hey yeah. man. That's good a, point. That's a that, that's a drop the mic segment right there, man. It's a wrap for this week's show. Nate, man, appreciate you, man. Nate hey, Cam. Let's, let's, hey before hey before we get going, um I have to say this out loud because you know Dan's our host, right? He's the yeah. host with the host and we joke with him and we take shots at him, but you know, I oftentimes tell Dan, like, man, we need to get you on different platforms because he's very knowledgeable of the game. Dan's the man. You know, man. you see it on other networks. I'm not gonna say their names because that's not what we do here. It's all about the <laughs> network. But um, you see, you see their host on different platforms sharing their knowledge of the game. So, Dan, I'm glad you got to join us, and I hope you get to come back because people need to see you as our host, but also appreciate the fact that you know a lot about you know what this the hell going on, oh, bro. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, appreciate Thank you, bro. Much appreciated. Two of my favorites. I'd love to come on again. Let's get it, man. Let's get it, man. Hey, look, the new R&B hashtag, we had to change it up. Hashtag NFLRNB. All right? RNB. Join the conversation on Twitter. Send all your questions. Leave comments on iTunes, Stitcher, all of that stuff. Hey, man, we out of here, bro. Appreciate you, Nate. Dan. Get a little tour. Look. Oh, he's going to get a tour now. Look at him. Watch his internet. Watch that when he go around the corner. I miss living little, out there. A little Spanish style. Uh, Cribs. Nate Berlison. Cribs.